Hey there, hi there, ho there. This is Doable Discipleship. Uh, it's a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as both Brandons will say, in harmony. The show, the show that helps you grow. That didn't quite work out. It's hard to do but that over okay. Zoom. We, it we is, I guess. Yeah, everybody's like, ah, when do I start? I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, my name is Jason. I'm joined by Brandon uh, Robinson and back again by popular demand, Brandon Bathauer. Brandon. Hello, everyone. Thanks for being back here with us. My pleasure. How's everybody doing today? Today's good. Weather's good. I'm in the office, which feels good. Feels good to be actually back in an office. Uh, so I'm feeling good. I can see little bits of blue sky out, outside, so that's really nice. Yeah, instead of a smoky yeah. haze. I was gonna say. Yes, all around the United States, apparently. So, yeah, it's nice. It, it, it was nice to open up my weather app yesterday and actually say sunny instead of, like, unhealthy air. <laughs> yeah. so that was nice. <laughs> um, but we do know there's lots of places around that are still having unhealthy air. So we, we are praying that that goes away soon, definitely. Yes. Um, all right, friends, we started a, a series last week. Uh, called Is This Okay to Ask? And last week we were starting it off by talking about the idea of hard questions, about why we have such a hard time asking hard questions. Why are we uncomfortable asking questions? Why can it be uncomfortable having a conversation with somebody who's asking hard questions? And we kind of just dug into that and laid a foundation for what the rest of this series is going to be. Because for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about some of the hard questions that we um, as Christians tend to either ask or be kind of afraid to, to ask, um, or that we find ourselves in conversations with somebody who has those questions as well. And then uh, it, it's, it's, it might not be uh, comfortable. So, so we want to kind of address some of those and just uh, talk about them. And today, um, well, we're starting off with a bit of a doozy. And it's um, a question that I think probably everybody has asked at one point. And um, it's honestly, it's, it's one of the probably most common and uh, I, I, I want to say hardest to answer, but not in a like factual way, but just in a emotional way um, question. And that is, why do bad things happen to good people? Right. I think that's something that is so common, especially when bad things are happening to you or to somebody you know. And you're like, why? Why do bad things happening happen to good people? I'm a good person, or this person was a good person. They don't deserve uh, this bad thing to have happened or to be happening. And so, yeah, it's it's definitely one of these hard questions. Um, and yes, it is okay to ask. I think every episode we're going to start by saying, yes, it is okay to ask this question <laughs> uh, of why do bad things happen to good people. But I think first we need to start from a place of just getting a couple of things clear. First is that this question is usually associated with somebody in an emotional state, right? So the question why is usually charged emotionally because somebody is going through something or know somebody going through something that they don't want to have happening, that they don't want to be going through. And so it's important to understand that trying to answer this why, giving a response, a, an answer specifically to the why 
it, it, that doesn't help a person who is grieving or mourning. That doesn't help them to feel better. That doesn't take away the pain that they're feeling. Answers mm. don't take away that, that sort of pain, that sort of grieving and mourning. So it's important for us, if we're having these conversations or if you're asking the question yourself, to understand that that is a specific and direct answer to the why isn't truly what we are looking for in that emotional moment. What you're looking for usually is comfort, is you are looking for relief of the pain, the grief that you're feeling. Um, and in really a good way to think about it is that people in those moments don't need answers. People need presence. People need comfort. People need love. People need, um, as Pastor Rick calls it, it's the ministry of presence is, is just knowing that you are cared for, that somebody is thinking of you, that somebody is there to love on you, to care for you be with you, be present with you in that moment. Um, so that's just one thing that we wanted to kind of make clear off the bat. And um, it's something that's going to come up more in this episode, but it's important to kind of uh, start from that position. Now, there are other things too that we want to kind of uh, address off the bat. Some of these, you know, uh, thoughts that people that a lot of people have uh, about why bad things happen. So Brandon, um, share with us a little bit uh, about some of these uh, common misunderstandings. Yeah, so obviously, again, this this question, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? It, it's a great question, and and we rightfully feel something is wrong when there is pain, when there's brokenness, when there's uh, sickness, when the world feels like it's upside down. We feel like things are wrong, and that's that's a that's good. I'm glad that we feel that. Um, it's like digging into all of our uh, human feelings that like, man, something, things are not supposed to be this way. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more later. But there have been a lot of then ways to kind of process this of like, okay, then why are things not the way they're supposed to be? And uh, this question itself, I was asked this question a lot, which is where it was like, okay, this is a question we should dig into. Um, this question actually comes from kind of a worldview that, believe it or not, is actually embracing some form of uh, karma. Now, um, the bad happening to good issue, again, that, that actually is kind of built around this idea of, of karma, which is kind of an, an Eastern way of thinking. Um, and, and again, there's some reasons that people have kind of landed on this idea of karma, but we're going to explain a little bit about why, uh, why I believe, why the Bible would say that karma is not a thing. <laughs> so let's first kind of dig into like the good parts uh, that would maybe come from a karma worldview that like if you're good, then good things will happen. If bad, then bad things will happen. And, and we can do that kind of by contrasting wisdom versus karma. So wisdom, man, all different faith traditions have some bit of wisdom in it. Um, the Bible has Proverbs and Psalms and Job and Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. These are all kind of wisdom literature. And wisdom, and we, we believe in this statement, is that in what we have control over in life, 
that generally good decisions result in generally good results, right? So um, if I start working out, generally I'm going to start getting more healthy. And, and then on the other side, generally bad decisions equal generally bad results, right? So Proverbs 13, 4 says, lazy people want much, but get little, but the hard worker is well fed. Right? So that's what the Proverbs kind of do. It's kind of this wisdom idea of generally good decisions equal generally good results. Yeah. There are a lot, of rela- uh, a lot of examples here. Your relationships. You pour good things into your friendships. You're there, present with people. You're probably going to get a good relationship out of that. Uh, your finances. If you're wise with your finances, you, you save and you give and you're, you're thoughtful about it. You know, generally things are going to work out. You know, this plays out in your careers, your parenting, your physical fitness, self-image, all this stuff, right? This, this generally is the case. Now, the reason that this question, though, comes up, why do bad things happen to good people? It starts with kind of a different premise. It pushes this further, and this is where we kind of have a problem with, with karma, is that karma would say that good decisions and living equals good life circumstances and bad decisions in living equal bad life circumstances. So this now starts to play like, okay, well, if I'm a good person generally to that person, then like, you know, maybe my house won't get blown down when that hurricane comes through, but everyone else's houses will get blown down because they weren't good people. Um, Or maybe I just will get a little bit more lucky because, you know, I generally have been pretty good or, hey, I've been really bad to people. And so I'm going to just have like bad luck, like things are not going to go my way. Again, you can get a sense of why, why this worldview is an easy one to buy into because it feels just, you know, you're like, yeah, that's, that's good. Bad people get what's coming to them and, and good people get what, 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 what's mm. coming to them. But there's, there's a problem. And, and it's that when we start leaning into the karma thing, it starts to broaden um, kind of the impact of our decisions well beyond where they should go. And this is where even in Christian circles, you start hearing things like, well, I'm a, I'm a good person. So that's why, you know, I get to go to heaven or man, well, they're, they're bad people over there. And that's why that natural disaster hit that area. Um, or man, maybe that, that mental health issues because they did something bad or maybe their parents did. Do you see where this starts to get real sketchy? Yeah, it breaks and down. It breaks down massively. Um, I, I had a friend who, um, uh, really great guy, uh, a pastor who loves people, and his daughter, five years old, uh, got cancer. And the karma view that would then say people would come up to him say, "You must have done something bad to to have that happen to your daughter." And you're like, "No, time out." That is majorly wrong. And in fact, the same thing happened with Jesus. If you remember, there was the man who was blind and um, the religious teachers came to Jesus and said, who did the wrong? Was it him or his parents? And Jesus is like, you guys, that's not the case at all. That was yeah. a Brandon, Brandon translation, but <laughs> Brandon paraphrase. Um, but it's important for us to know this, to like kind of let that idea 
just push it to its extreme and realize that's not the case. Um, and we really got to be careful um, of going down that road. And, and so it also just plays out even in like our views of, you know, even the American dream that like, if I just try hard enough and I do right things, then everything's going to be easy peasy. Yeah. It's the cultural framework of it's the American gospel that we're, mm. we're all swimming in. Right. And it, that just, it, it doesn't work because what you'll do is you'll say like, man, I've been doing a lot of good stuff. Then why did suddenly something bad happen to me? Why did the economy go south? Was I doing something wrong? And you almost feel like, uh, man, has God betrayed me because I've been doing all this good stuff. And God is sitting there saying, hey, I never made that deal. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you just do everything right, you'll get everything you want. Like, that's not the deal. Yeah. You know, John, John 16, 33 says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Mm. So the, the, the Christian gospel, the good news is not, if you do more good stuff, you'll be, life will be easier. Um, or that if you are, do bad stuff, you'll be cut off from God's goodness. In fact, the Judeo-Christian story, think about it. <laughs> like, you got Esau and Jacob. Jacob wasn't necessarily like a good guy, you know? He was kind of a sneaky guy who like... Shifty guy. Yeah, he stole something from his brother because of his mom's manipulation. And God's like, yeah, I'll still work through him. Yeah, he'll, he'll, be, the, he'll be the lineage of the people of Israel. God wasn't like, okay, who is the best? Yeah. No, you read through the Bible and you'll see over and over again, God chooses all types of people. <laughs> to be a part of his a really nice way to put that yeah all types of people <laughs> um and so it's an important thing to just remember like that that way of viewing things moses right he killed a guy same with saul um the the hebrews themselves were a a people who were viewed as kind of the last and the least in in the line of all the nations and god's like yep i'm going to use them um so if, if you come across somebody who's having a really hard time, be really careful to not think, well, this is uh, because they must have done something wrong. And, and sometimes our karma worldview can, can cause that. Yeah. Or you yourself, if you're going through a hard time, be careful not to assume it's because of something that you've done wrong in your past, or that's not necessarily how that works. Right. Now, again, the wisdom principle... Yeah, if you rode a motorcycle at 200 miles an hour and you didn't wear a helmet, like, yeah, it's not going to work out so well for you. So, like, there's <laughs> wisdom to this, right? Like, if you weren't careful with your finances, you know, then yeah. you have some financial problems. That's a reality, right? That's wisdom. I think maybe I should reframe that and say, like, if you are, say, for instance, like, dealing with a sickness, don't assume that's because, oh, that one time last March I didn't tithe. That's right. not how that, that's, that do, it doesn't work like that. Right. Because think about the ultimate good person, Jesus. And what happened yeah. to the ultimate good person who only loved and only spread God's love in every interaction he had? 
he was brutally murdered by people who hated him. Um, he did not have an easy life. Um, so he didn't have a, a mansion with a bunch of cars. Like, no, he didn't, he didn't even have a home. He wandered about. So let's remember that even, even our own savior is a sign that you can be a really good person and some bad stuff can still happen, which is, I know, not the really nice, nice idea of like, but I want an easy And we're going to wrap this up here. There we go. There oh. it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that feels necessarily good to anybody. Right. Yeah, that's very true. It's it, just we important want, we want to remember the control that. over like, well, if I do good things and I want the control to, to know that it secures some blessing or good for me in the future. And mm. it kind of, it doesn't feel good to know, to accept that that's not how it works. Right. And, and then you wonder, okay, well then why am I following God if, mm. if I don't just get everything I want? And then that's yeah. where, you know, we re really start wrestling with why are we even following God? Is it for mm. us or um, because of who he is? Anyway, that's, that's a cool. rabbit trail, an important one, but not one we have time for here. So, okay, so if karma is not a thing, why, why is stuff broken? Why do bad things happen um, if it's not just a result of me doing something wrong and therefore, again, that hurricane knocks my house down? Um, well, it... This is a big, big discussion, and in fact, we've we've had this discussion before on on Doable, um, episode twenty five. What the title again is? It's called the day we broke the world. So, so just a just a quick little note on this. So, long, long, long time ago, we did um, a series um, on worldview, talking about um, the different parts of a Christian worldview uh based through scripture and so that episode looks at basically the fall uh, of man in the garden and uh the day that we uh screwed everything up go ahead Brandon. that's right that's great <laughs> and and so basically if we were to summarize this um in a very quick fashion so we can keep moving on into god's character it's that basically bad things happen uh, because we, we broke the world, uh, God gave us freedom and, uh, and we have the free will to choose against him. There are wills at play here, personal wills, not just some general structures of the universe, but you have God who has his personal will. Uh, you have the evil one who has his personal will. And then you have all of us humans who have our own personal will. And those, um, those come in contrast with each other. So again, it's not that, um, you know, that loved one has cancer because they did something wrong. That loved one has cancer because this world is not as it should be. Yeah. Um, because the world, we all are in rebellion against God. I don't know exactly how that all works out, but jump to that other episode to go a little bit deeper into, into that. Um, but in this sense of like, why, why do bad things happen to good people? What are we supposed to do with our interaction with God amidst trial and challenge? Um, let's jump into God's character. Yeah. And I, I think there's something really important here. A few things really important here that we, that we didn't know that we, that is important for us, uh, to wrestle with and to, really stand firm on as we navigate and go through life. And um, 
the first is this. It's one of my actually, it's one of my favorite verses. It's Psalm 3418. Um, the psalmist is writing and describes it describes God. It says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And you know, I've seen this verse kind of I don't want to say taking out of context, but it can almost seem like there's a few verses in the Bible that are like band-aid verses, but I don't want to frame it as just a band-aid because it's so much deeper than that. Like really think about that. The Lord, this is God is close to the brokenhearted. And that includes us. That includes you. That includes those who are close to you and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And it's easy. I think to think about God as God doesn't really care. He's, he's like stoic and cold and aloof and is, you know, in some distant part far off somewhere thinking about things that are much more important than me. Why would God care about the details of my life? Why would God care about what I'm going through? Why would God care about what my son is going through or my daughter or my mom, my dad, my nephew, like anyone close to us, my, my best friend, why would God care? But God cares a whole lot. And to know that God is close to the brokenhearted, that God grieves with us, that God feels with us. I think there's two sides of like this comfort, right? It's one thing to know, okay, God or someone grieves with me, that someone is close to me, that someone can empathize with me. Um, that in itself brings a lot of comfort, right? I think we all have, can probably maybe point to moments in our life where we feel like, hey, someone saw me and that that was like a healing balm to my soul. I needed that. Um, but also God takes it even a step further because not only does God grieve and feel with us like intimately close, he's also all powerful. He can also do something about it. Um, and what we see in this verse is like directly in opposition to that idea that God's worried about something is God's worried about holding the universe together, not holding your life together. That's not how, you know, like that, that is a lie. Um, but what we also know for a fact about God is that God is a redeemer, that God is out to restore, that God is out to um, set things right, to put things back in place as they should be. Um, another one of these band-aid verses, but, but it really, it's, it's, it's so much more than that as Romans 8, 28, you know, and we know that all thing in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Right. That's kind of one of those things that can be thrown about like, Oh, um, you're going through a hard time. Like God will just work it out for good. But like that's that's push and pull on this a little bit more. Like, what does it mean that God is working all things out for good? That God is working for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. When we think about this, with God being love and God ultimately being out for redemption, being out for restoration, that God is bringing bringing beauty from ashes. Again, that's not just like on a cosmic level. That also includes the details of our lives. Um, and I want us to see like, yes, God is holding the universe together. God is on a cosmic level, but he's also intimately close to us in our pain and in our suffering. And God says, I can take suffering. I can take pain. Not only can I empathize with it, not only do I know how it feels, not only can I grieve with you, but also 
I can work. I have the power. I can do something that others can't do for you. I can work this out for good. I can transform this pain. I can transform your suffering so that it ends up coming out on the other side as good. Now, that doesn't always mean healing. That doesn't always mean um, the good as we would define it. But I think what it means is the peace and the comfort and the hope that you can continue on with peace and comfort, that you continue on to hope knowing that the suffering wasn't just in vain, but that suffering transformed you, that suffering transformed the way that you view the world, the way that you view God. And it ends up in a good place because you can see God's closeness, his nearness, his intimacy, and see how these um, situations that could have broken you have actually built you up, have actually strengthened your faith, have actually given you a different outlook, a different view on life that what you can ultimately say that ended up good for me. That was a good experience for me, even though there was lots of pain involved in it. Um, Yeah. I I think one piece on that, that, you know, when, when you go through suffering, when I've gone through um, some difficult times in in my life, that verse of Romans 828 has been um, really helpful. It also sometimes feels like a, a challenge to me of like, what, what am I actually chasing? What do I truly value in life? So what that verse has beneath it is that comfort is not the end goal. And uh, same thing at the beginning of James, right? Like that these trials that face us builds perseverance. It builds us up, it builds up our character. And a lot of times I think, uh, I think we are all, we all want comfort. We want ease, uh, you know, we want simplicity. And when challenges come, it's been a moment for me to say like, all right, do I believe that there, there's, there are things far more valuable than comfort. And if so, Mm, then I need to understand, wow, that God is bringing good out of this um, in a way that, man, you know, I, I'm now closer to God. I have deeper trust with God. I'm closer to a loved one that I walked through this journey with. I'm, you know, um, again, I'm more perseverant. I've got maybe a little bit of a of a different way of viewing things that will cause me to be able to step into this journey um, more. And, and I think there's something powerful for people who have been through deep, deep suffering that as they get out the other side, <laughs> Um, or even if they are still in it, it's, it's amazing when you talk to somebody who's been through some deep suffering, who's relied on God through it, they have a certain perseverance and a different, a certain like different view of the world that, um, is only gained through going through that suffering Mm. through having comfort torn away and ease of life kind of pulled away. And so when I, whenever I read that verse, I realize like, like you're, like you said, there's an easy Band-Aid way of having it. Like, don't worry, everything's going to be better. Yeah. But then there's this deeper sense of like, all right, what are, what are you truly valuing in life? That's good. Yeah, and I think it, I think in the same place, it, it can be so tempting for us while we're walking through uh, suffering or pain or hard times to try to make sense of what God is doing in the moment. So, you know, if you picture that you're walking through like the valley of the shadow of death and you're saying, oh, 
I can see what God is doing in this. Like, you know, and you oftentimes uh, you're probably mistaken. And, and then if it, things don't turn out the way that you think that they are as a result, then that could lead to, to doubt. It could lead to um, other forms of angst or other forms of, of, um, of sadness and frustration. But what we're talking about is walking through it with faith that God is with you. And then, and even asking, saying, God, I know I'm not going to understand why this is happening right now. And, and I'm choosing to have faith in that not knowing. Mm. But what I ask is that in the future, help me to be able to look back and see with a little more the clarity what you were doing through this time. And honestly, uh, he may answer yes. And then you can look back on something, uh, you know, and say, I could see how God was working even, even in that hard time. But the answer may be no. And you may not know uh, what God was doing. And you still have, is still making that choice to choose faith that God was doing something. It may just not have been something he wants to reveal to you. It may even be something that didn't have anything to directly do with you after that moment. Mm-hmm. And, but it doesn't mean that God wasn't doing something. Yeah. And, and I think too, there is room for what we see in scripture for not knowing for, 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 for mystery and to ask God why. Um, and I call these like, yeah, yeah. But questions. Okay. Yeah. All that sounds good. But why is there pain? Why is it actually the way it is? And there's room to ask that question. Um, and there's no simple, easy, clear-cut answer for, for that question. I can't tell you actually why, but what, I, but what we do know, what I can tell you is that what we see in particularly the book of Psalms is that lamenting is good. We did an ep- actually an episode on lamenting uh, a few months back that we'll, we'll link that in the show notes as well. But what we know about lamenting and asking what, what, why is there pain or really asking God why is that there, there is lament is a spiritual practice of like pouring out our souls, pouring out the pain and exasperation of, of life to God and saying, God, why this seems so inconsistent with who you say that you are. Why does this happen? Why are you allowing this to happen? And Um, I remember, Jason, when we were recording this episode, what struck me was that two-thirds, over half, two-thirds of the book of Psalms, which are categorized as the book of praises, are categorized as laments. And I think what's important here is that what God wants his people to know is like, you can absolutely question and ask that and ask why. Um, And God's people, we've been doing this for millennia like when life is hurt um and didn't make sense we've been asking why and that's actually encouraged um because i think what god knows that it leads to if we can be honest and raw it leads to intimacy with him which i think is why it's like that is praise that is worship um because life is not always bubbly, life is not always polished, and we have to be able to respond in kind. We have to be able to respond in that place and be genuine with where we're at. 
But and it, I think it's when we do that too, why that's encouraged is that when we lament, um, it's a pathway or it leads to us getting to the other side and praise. It leads to, I can ask God why, I can pour it out here, and then I can get to, but God, I believe you are still good, and I believe you're faithful, and I believe that this will somehow work its way out for good. Um, even questions like, why doesn't God heal when he can? You know, it. I think one of the most frustrating experiences is to be praying for healing, and you're, you're reading th throughout scripture, Jesus heal people, right? And then, so you're like, I, God, I, 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 I've heard the stories. I've read the stories. I know that you can. Why don't you do it? Or why are you not doing it for me? Or why are you not doing it for my family? Um, again, there's no clear cut, easy answer to that. We, we don't know. We don't know why God doesn't heal everyone right now. Um, what we do know that we shouldn't stop asking. You know, we see that Jesus say, ask, seek, knock. What we do know is that um, ultimately there will be a full restoration and there will be full healing. Obviously we would want that right now, um, but we do know that that is coming, that that is coming down the pipe. Like that is, we are moving towards that reality coming towards us, that there will be full healing, that there will be restoration one day. Um, but even in that of like, okay, well, if God's doing all that, why did he just, why did he just speed it up? Why doesn't he just do it right now? Why doesn't he, why is it taking so slow? Um, and that actually reminds me of, I believe it's John 11, uh, where Jesus is on his way to heal Lazarus. And uh, the funeral procession is already underway. It's, it's, it's done. Um, but Jesus catches word of it a few days earlier and he doesn't rush. He doesn't run. He simply walks two days journey. He walks to see Lazarus and ultimately heal him. Um, and I think, man, if I was in Lazarus's sister's shoes, if, if I was them, like in knowing what Jesus can do, I'd be like, Jesus run, <laughs> or you don't even have to run. Just speak it, just do it now. But we see a Jesus who's like, I fully understand what's going on. I'm grieving with them, but he's also walking. <laughs> he's also, he's, he's, he's not in a rush on the way there, but he does bring, ultimately bring healing. Um, and I think that there is a lesson in that for us is that we don't know why God doesn't speed up. We don't know why God doesn't work according to our timetable. We, we don't know. Obviously we would like him to, but we don't know. But what we do know is that again, how the story ends, that he is bringing a full redemption. He is bringing full restoration, that healing on a grand scale is going um, to take place. But with that, I think there's also something to be said for, okay, if all this is true, how do we engage even ourselves, but too, like Jason, how do we engage other people? How do we talk about this with other people? How do we, um, how should we be thinking about this? Yeah, I think, you know, through all of these hard questions that we're talking about in this series, I think it's important to always look at how we can talk with others um, about these questions or others who come to us. How do we have these types of conversations? How do we engage in this way? And really for this one uh, on why do bad things happen to good people, it starts uh, it, it, we need to go back to the very first thing that we said in this episode as we start talking, 
which is that talking, answering the question of why, why do bad things happen? It will not necessarily help somebody to feel better. It's not going to give them the relief that they really need because they're, because people are hurting. People who, who generally ask this question are hurting. They are grieving. They are mourning. There is loss. There is frustration. There is sadness and anger, maybe bitterness, maybe, yeah. you know, just this whole slew of emotional gambit that people um, can be experiencing, sometimes all at once. And it's this crazy glass case of emotion that they may find themselves in. Um, and so trying to approach it with logic or with reasoning or that kind of stuff is not the way to begin a conversation with somebody who's in the middle of this. That's such a good point. Like the, I think these conversations are usually happening at a kitchen table, not on a debate stage. You don't need the, the perfectly well thought out logical reasoned intellectual answer people need your presence in these moments right well you look at i mean when jesus is asked these questions he'll never say okay here's my three-step process to explaining this his answer is usually another question that helps build relationship Mm. Uh, i mean you could even go to the book of job which is kind of all about this question mm-hmm. and God's response is very different <laughs> than you would, than you would think. Um, I'm just like, well, let me just address it and try to give you an answer. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's important for us to remember that usually these questions come from a place of hurt, not necessarily a place of intellectual curiosity. Now those type of conversations can happen where it's like, you know, you've been talking with somebody or somebody is a new Christian and knows I, you know, I want to understand this and those type of conversations uh, certainly can and do happen. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to suggest that they don't, but I think the more common place is that it's coming from a place of hurt uh, from a place of disappointment, maybe with God of say, you know, I'm so mm-hmm. disappointed, you know, like that God, you know, let this happen or sometimes they say that god made this happen or whatever um but it's recognizing the place that the person who asking who is asking is in so the very first thing that you need to do no matter what in what form the conversation is happening the very first thing that you need to do is to love the asker first thing that you need to do is to love the askers mm-hmm. to make sure that they're okay is to Make sure that you are approaching the conversation from a place of love, not from a place of defense, not from a place of feeling like you're put, you know, on the spot or whatever, but from a place of making sure that you are genuinely loving the person who is asking the question, right? And then after after you've engaged with them from this base level of of emotion after you've made yourself present for them and if they are in the middle of a tough time or know somebody who is and they're coming from at this question from a place of hurt then after you have been with them and cared for them and loved on them and comforted them and encouraged and and shown and, and been there for them then 
it can become a conversation rooted in the character and attributes of God. That's yeah. where that's where this type of conversation lives, and that's where this type of conversation. Um, um, it takes on a whole new level because really the question of why do bad things happen to good people is a question about the character of God. It's a question yeah. of, you know, is sad. God not powerful enough to have stopped this thing for happening or does God not care enough to have stopped, you know, about me or, you know, maybe God really isn't all that good and therefore, you know, is, is fine with bad things, you know, like that, and that's usually kind of a root of where this conversation tends to go. So, and, and that's why we spent time in this episode talking about the character of God in this. And uh, it'd be important to note that we actually did a series a couple of years ago on the attributes of God. Um, so we'll make sure that we link those. And, and um, yeah, Brandon. Yeah, just real quick on that. Um, I know at sometimes uh, when I've been asked this question, I jump to the defense and I yep. feel like I need to defend God's character, uh, mm. just like you were saying. Yep. And I think it's just so essential to remember, like, y- you don't need to defend God's character. God, <laughs> God, can, God can handle that. Totally. And, yeah. you know, one of the best things I've found um, in as you're talking with others is simply just to say, like, yeah, God hates that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, God is not about the pain. God is not about that brokenness. In fact, yeah, he's doing everything he can. Everything. He's he sent his son to go suffer through all the brokenness of humanity of this world to make it right. Uh, now, he's patient. For, for as many of us to turn towards him. But it's, it's important to remember, like, instead of saying, well, no, that's not really that bad, or, you know, God doesn't, it's like, no, absolutely, God agrees with you. That's, mm-hmm. that's broken. He, he mourns alongside you in this. Yeah, um, and I, I, yeah, I, I think that, it, that's a good point for us, too, is to make sure that, is, is that we can be joining in the morning yeah. with yes. the person. Yes. We talked about yes. this in the lament episode that Brandon mentioned earlier, but that, you know, we can weep with those who weep, just like how, how God does is we can, we, we can lament with, with people who are in this is we, we can cry out to God too, with them or on their behalf. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's not coming from a stoic place is we shouldn't be approaching it from a stoic place. We should be approaching it from a, a place where we are, are, um, joining emotionally with the person. Yeah. Cause that's and, where God is. Yeah. yeah, yeah we're reflecting God the God we exactly. serve. Yeah, exactly. That's good. That's good. Well, let's wrap up our doable. Right, we're doable discipleship. We always want to end on something. What can we? How do we take what we just learned? How do we take what we just engaged with? Now, what do we do with that? How do we make it a little bit more practical? So, I want to offer a verse to memorize. Um, it's Romans eight eighteen, and I want us to take some time to memorize this this week and return to it and to sit with it. Um, it's for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed 
revealed to us. That's Romans 8.18. I really like the way the message puts it. It says this, that's why I don't think that there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Everything in creation is being more or less held back. God reigns it in until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious times ahead. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. Um, and what I think about this verse, so we kind of talked about like the, the goodness is coming. There's goodness to be experienced now for sure, but the full goodness, the goodness that our hearts, our souls that we, we crave, that is coming. Um, and what Paul writes to the church in Rome saying, hey, the present suffering is not any, is, it cannot be compared with the glory that's going to be coming towards us, the glory that's going to be revealed to us, the coming good times. And, you know, when we think about heaven, like, don't think like baby angels with wings on. That's, that's not what we're talking about. But the full creation, the new heavens, new earth, full redemption of humanity, of earth, um, things as it should be. Think, think, think about it that way. That's going to happen. No sickness. That's going to happen. Um, full restoration. That's going to happen. Um, the love and the, the intimacy that we are created for to have with the father with God, you know, what we read about with pre-fall with Adam and Eve, like that's going to happen. Um, that's coming. And I think, you know, we have to keep the long view in mind. That doesn't mean our present suffering doesn't matter, but it means that our present suffering is going to be transformed and ultimately redeemed one day. And we're going to experience that goodness for eternity. So let's take some time to memorize Romans 8, 18 uh, this week before our next Tuesday release. Um, and as we do that, as we experience hard times, we can develop the mind of Christ this way. We can develop a new way of seeing the world and interacting uh, with the world and with ourselves as we do this. So let's take some time to do that this week. We love you guys as always. We are praying for you. We love the comments you guys send on YouTube, the, the emails you guys send into maturity at saddleback.com. Keep doing that. Brandon, Jason, do you have anything else to add to this episode before we sign off? Yeah, well, I do want to mention, so Brandon uh, Bathauer uh, hosts a, a, another podcast that we've talked about before on the show yes. called The Well, and um, so he did an episode on Darkest Valleys. Do you want to talk about that, Brandon? And Yeah, so we did a series through Psalm 23, and these are like 10 to 15 minute um kind of experiences just put on your headphones and it'll give you a chance not to kind of describe the idea but actually just like enter into it in prayer and so if you're if you're going through a really tough time right now and you find yourself in pain um you've gone through something really difficult recently and you're thinking all right i don't, I don't necessarily need to talk to somebody else about it um about why bad things happen to good people i man i i need to talk to god about it um jump to that episode we'll we'll put the link in the in the notes and it's i think it's about 13 minutes and give moments of pause for you to kind of reflect and pray um on what happens when we go through the the darkest valley hopefully that's a helpful resource for you that's beautiful yeah, thanks beautiful other than All that right. i think we're good 
we're good. We love you guys. Make sure you check out those other episodes in that whale episode from Brandon uh, on Darkest Valleys in our show notes. And we will be back with you next Tuesday. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.